Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Okunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time agents. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. 17 days and counting until the Notre Dame football season opener. Number five, Notre Dame visiting number two, Ohio State at the historic Horseshoe in Columbus. You can hear that ball game as well as every Fighting Irish football game on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We look forward to all the pregame coverage before all those contests with the official Notre Dame football postgame show after each contest. Are you ready? I know we are. As the Irish, I hate to call it a new era because Notre Dame football is Notre Dame football, but you have a new general in charge of the program, Marcus Freeman. After Brian Kelly left for LSU, Marcus got that first head coaching opportunity under his belt, the Fiesta Bowl loss to Oklahoma State. Now he takes on another OSU. It'll be his alma mater, the Ohio State Buckeyes across the field from Marcus and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We've got plenty of Notre Dame football conversation to get to on the program. We're going to talk the wide receiver position in just a couple of moments. We've got our Twitter question of the day on the way in our next segment. Irish player spotlight this hour is on fighting Irish edge rusher Isaiah Foskey. Also later on, the My 5 question of the day. I just have five random thoughts to talk through about Notre Dame football. In the 6 o'clock hour, one hour from right now, the beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, Tyler Horka will rejoin the program to offer his thoughts on what he has witnessed so far in Notre Dame fall camp. You can read all about it at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Tyler live with us in about an hour. We've got our sports wagering segment coming up also in the 6 o'clock hour, and that leads us into South Bend Cubs baseball tonight, game two of a six-game series at Four Winds Field, Beloit and South Bend. Beloit won last night, so the two teams are tied for first place in the Midwest League's Western Division. Only one of those two teams can make the postseason. That's the team that wins the Western Division. Pre-game at 645, first pitch at 705 
here on WSBT Radio. Wherever you are, we're hoping you're having a terrific day on this Wednesday, August the 17th, 2022. You might be listening to us the old-fashioned way on 960 AM WSBT, or maybe you're one of those individuals that loves all the new technology. We're streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT Radio app, and we even have an opportunity for you to watch the show with the Twitch app. Just download the Twitch app for free. Search Sports Radio 960 WSBT, and you will see me broadcasting the show today with my Notre Dame Fighting Irish hockey t-shirt on. So if you're on Twitch, how are you? Good to see you today. 12 minutes after 5 o'clock, and let's get things rolling as we're talking all things Fighting Irish on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And our first pitch to you today. The Irish are casting a wide net in the receiver search. Well documented, the Fighting Irish entered fall camp with limited numbers at the wide receiver position. The numbers, a little less than what they were at the start of fall camp. The main reason, the injury to Avery Davis. The veteran Irish slot receiver worked his tail off to come back from an ACL injury suffered in November, got himself ready for fall camp, and then once again, tears an ACL, this time in the opposite knee, and we have lost Avery Davis for the entire 2022 season. We'll see if he wants to come back and try again. Does he have a little Sean Crawford in him? Just keeps coming back and keeps coming back after each serious injury. Tough blow for this football team. Not only a guy you can count on at wide receiver, but a wonderful leader on this football team, a well-respected member of this football team. His position coach in his first year at Notre Dame is Chancey Stuckey. Um, that's obviously um, like a gut punch. You know, I know, you know, it's kind of thrown around, but that's really what it felt like, you know, because it was one of the plays we designed for him, and everyone was excited to see him do it. Um, and as he went in, you know, he planned it, and we saw it, and there was just kind of a big gasp. And, you know, we were hoping for the best, but, you know, obviously, you know, he, his ACL again. So, you know, now we have to be behind him, pushing him, you know, whatever decision he makes and as it, in his life going forward, because he is still part of this brotherhood. Well, there's no doubt about that. So now the Fighting Irish, you look at the depth chart. You've got one true veteran player in Braden Lindsay. You've got a former walk-on in Matt Salerno. Then you've got the three members of the sophomore class to keep an eye on. Lorenzo Stiles Jr., my vote for being the leading receiver outside of Michael Mayer this year. You've got Dion Colsey, who's dealing with a PCL sprain right now, but should be ready for the Ohio State game. You got Jaden Thomas, a special teams player last year, impressing the coaching staff this year and pushing for more playing time. You got a guy like Tobias Merriweather, freshman on this football team. I think you have to limit expectations for him early on until he 
continues to work on route running, catches the football more effectively, and just doing the little things. There are so many little things that it takes to be a very good wide receiver, let alone an elite wide receiver. So it's going to take a little time. Now, the Irish did make a move today. There was no media availability, so no coaches outside of Chancey Stuckey. Marcus Freeman wasn't scheduled to meet the media today, but Xavier Watts was catching passes today. A high school wide receiver, recruited to Notre Dame as a wide receiver, as a freshman was a wide receiver. But then from there, he moved to safety, and now he's helping out the wide receiving court. I misspoke. It wasn't Chancey Stuckey speaking today. It was the running back core, so... Got my two coaches mixed up, so I apologize for that. But Xavier Watts was catching passes with the wide receivers, adding just a little more depth to that group. It's almost like quarterbacks. Sometimes you have to limit their throws in fall camp. You want that arm and shoulder fresh for the start of the season. So you have a – oftentimes in the NFL, you've got a guy that you're probably not going to keep that he's going to throw – A lot of passes to take some strain off the main quarterback. It's almost like a pitch count in baseball. Well, Xavier Watts can take out some of that pressure on the wide receivers, try to keep them as healthy as possible, but yet get their work in each and every day. So with Avery gone, what's next at the wide receiver position? Once again, wide receiver coach, Chancey Stuckey. Avery, he's such a big void that's left there, and it can't be filled by one person. You know, so you have to do that as a group. Um, Braden's been stepping up in what he's doing. Lorenzo, um, Dion's even been stepping up. So it's kind of a conglomerate of the whole unit that's doing the job and trying to fill that void. And I think it's made some guys step up who, were, who weren't expecting to step up. So that's been very, very good on our end. This is a football team that appears to have a defense that has the opportunity to be elite this year. This could be a really outstanding defense. I have high hopes for the defense. In order to be a playoff team, in order to compete and beat the likes of Ohio State and USC on the road, Clemson at home, what is the offense going to be able to do? I think we're all pretty confident in the offensive line. The running backs are going to be just fine. But what is the passing game going to look like? you got a first-time starter in Tyler Buckner. You've got an All-American tight end in Michael Mayer. You've got some running backs that can catch the football coming out of the backfield. But then you get to the wide receiving core, and you just wonder how this is going to play out. I said a moment ago, I'm very confident in Lorenzo Stiles Jr. as he continues to become a more complete wide receiver, has electric speed, now adding other parts to his game to take him to another level. So I think Styles is going to be good. After that, I don't know if your crystal ball can tell us anything, but I think there's a lot of mystery. Braden Lindsay, a lot of ups and downs here at Notre Dame. Is this his time to shine? Are the young guys ready to go? Colsey, Thomas, eventually Merriweather. There's just a lot of mystery right now. It's going to be one of those things where I think we have to say we need to see it before we're locked in and confident on what the passing game is going to look like. I've got a lot of confidence in the pass protection up front. I think the Irish are in great shape there. 
but first-time quarterback, all these young pups at wide receiver, it does make you wonder if Ohio State is able to put up some points against what I think is a really good Irish defense. And knowing Ohio State with the talent they have, there's a pretty good chance they're going to score. Can Notre Dame keep up with them? If they're down by 10 points early in the fourth quarter, can the passing game keep Notre Dame alive in the football game? I'm going to have to see it. Hopeful. Hopeful. You sure wish Notre Dame would have had more success under Brian Kelly for a couple of classes recruiting better at the wide receiver position. You've got a gap right now, and it hurts Marcus Freeman, Chansey Stuckey, and Tommy Reese, unfortunately. Now, Chansey is recruiting the heck out of 2023 and 2024, so eventually the numbers and the talent level will be where you want it at Notre Dame. But right now, there's a gap, and I just feel like if Tyler Buckner had some more veteran receivers that he could count on, it would really help him. And that's not to say the young right receivers don't have a high ceiling. I think they have tremendous potential, but are they ready right off the bat in their second year of college football? It's a big question. Big, big question. Chancey Stuckey, he knows his wide receiver group. His thoughts? I think the belief is the main thing. I think the excitement is about these guys. They, they're they hungry. They want to learn, um, which is not a given um, in today's world, but they, they buy into coaching. Um, they're super competitive. And again, they have a lot of belief about themselves, about um, what this place can do. That's Chancey Stuckey, the new Fighting Irish wide receiver coach. Comes from Baylor. They had some drills going today where they had the old gymnast padding out on the field, making diving catches, and Stuckey kind of started out showing the guys how to do it, making those acrobatic catches like he used to do down at Clemson and in the National Football League. Well, I'm excited about Lorenzo Styles Jr. Electric speed. From what we understand, route running, the catching radius, the ability to consistently catch the football all coming together for this sophomore. Again, I feel like outside of Michael Mayer, this is going to be the top target for sophomore quarterback Tyler Buckner. So as Stuckey watches Styles develop, what is the next step for the talented sophomore? Just the details, you know, Zoe, you know, as you said, he has a great superpower and he has great speed, but, you know, it's not all about running by guys every time. So teaching him how to stop, um, getting his feet right and breaking, you know, he hasn't been playing a receiver position that long. So it's a lot of details that he has to refocus on and lock in. And, but he's been doing a phenomenal job and taking the coaching and understanding and hands have got tremendously better. Um, so he's another guy that's ascending right now. Too. I like that. Lorenzo Styles from the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. The eight catches and the touchdown on the opening drive of the ball game for the Fighting Irish. Another guy in his sophomore class is Jaden Thomas, the one guy that we didn't hear a whole lot from last year from that sophomore wide receiver group. But apparently he has turned up his development and now is putting himself in position to be on the field for key snaps. In fact, there's a chance maybe Jaden Thomas is a starting wide receiver when the Irish run out onto the field at the Horseshoe September 3rd. He's impressing the coaching staff. 
Styles, Colsey, Thomas, that's your sophomore class at wide receiver. All three very important to this offense in 2022. And here's Stuckey on Jaden Thomas's role. Um, I love what Jaden is doing. He, he, again, that's a guy that's kind of coming into his own, um, having his own personality, understanding what his skill set is. He's, he's a thicker body, um, bigger kid, but he has elite quickness, short area quickness. So just trying to get him to understand that he's extremely smart. He can play all over the field, and I think the more opportunities we give him, the more spaces we can position we can put him at, the better he'll be. Interesting skill set as Stucky describes Jaden Thomas. You heard him talk about we can move him all over the field, and I expect this wide receiving core to be shifted in different spots. You could see Styles in the slot on one play, the next, maybe he is your field wide receiver wide receiver. With that speed, he can scare the daylights out of the opposition. I like that superpower speed as Chancey Stuckey referred to Lorenzo Styles a couple of moments ago. Let's don't call him Flash Styles, but that would work. We definitely don't want to call him Harry Styles. We'll have to come up with a, a good speed name for Lorenzo Styles Jr. That other sophomore is Deion Colsey dealing with a PCL sprain right now. But according to Marcus Freeman, should be ready to go for Ohio State here. Stucky one more time on the improvement of sophomore Deion Colsey. Um, I think more so his personality. You know, I think his personality has come out a little more. I think he's more comfortable in who he is and what he can do. And I think that has um, translated to the field. So, hey, I'm Deion. This is what I do well. This is who I am. This is my personality. I don't have to be this guy, this guy. I can just be Deion. And he has confidence in, in himself. When you say this is what I do well, what are the things he does well? I um, mean, he's obviously he's big, he's physical, um, he's powerful. Um, he, he's you know, you just say 50 50 ball, but he's been 80 20, 80, uh, 80 20, and how he's been going against our DBs. And you know, that's the reputation that you want. I'm big, I'm strong. Hey, watch out for the jump ball. Yeah, you need to watch for the jump ball, and I'm still going to make the play. Well, I can add one more thing to this Deion Colsey conversation talking to Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He mentioned to me this week that he saw Dion Colsey at practice within the last week and could not get over how bigger and stronger Colsey is now compared to the one that Mike went to visit during his high school career the Matt Bayless effect once again on a Notre Dame football player so from high school to a sophomore at Notre Dame Mike says Colsey night and day difference in his physicality well we go into the season kind of scratching our heads how is this all going to work out at the wide receiver position you might see tight ends lined up at wide receiver you might see running backs out there as well Tommy Reese might have a few tricks up his sleeve. And again, you have to be creative considering the numbers right now with this Fighting Irish football team. The one guy I didn't mention, Joe Wilkins, has been a backup throughout his career at Notre Dame. The thought was he wouldn't be ready for Ohio State. Now there is a chance Wilkins will be ready to go against Ohio State. His role, though, you would have to think is a backup at this time considering time missed. So that is a look at the Irish wide receiving core 17 days away from the opener at Ohio State. We'll get to our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day coming up in a couple of moments. We're going to talk more offense with that question. 
527. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and on Twitch. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the program on this Wednesday. Beautiful sunshine right now in downtown South Bend, 82 degrees. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sports Beat is being brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation. And Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings. Have happy endings. 27 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Our Twitter question of the day is posted daily on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Let's begin this segment by reminding you of yesterday's Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day. And it was, if you were a business owner and wanted to get involved in NIL, name, image, and likeness with a Notre Dame football player, which of these four players would you choose? Your four choices, Irish quarterback, Tyler Buckner. All-American tight end, Michael Mayer. Edge rusher, Isaiah Foskey. Or your fourth choice, you get the whole entire lovable Fighting Irish offensive line. I think depending on your product, your answer could change. If you were a restaurant, more specifically a smorgasbord, I think the Irish offensive line is the way to go. Here's how you voted. Fourth place in the voting, 8.8% of the vote belongs to Isaiah Foskey, one of the stars of the Hangover parody that Fighting Irish Media put together. But apparently sacking the quarterback isn't enough. He got 8.8% of the vote. Third place in the voting, the old Fighting Irish offensive line. They would be a fun group to have hanging around your business, I think. 19.1% voted for the offensive line. Second place in the voting, brand new starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner. One of the marquee positions in all of college football is Notre Dame's starting quarterback. If he was a veteran quarterback, a Heisman hopeful, he probably blows away the competition. But a first-time starter, wait and see. Buckner got 25% of the vote. And the landslide winner, the All-American tight end, Michael Mayer, got 47.1% of the vote. Also a star of the Hangover parody. It was shot out in Las Vegas. Fun guy, well-spoken, good personality. I think he could be a good resource for a business owner wanting to push their product. I noticed that a Notre Dame football player has been given the opportunity to 
do kind of a meet and greet at a local business. So that's something you might start to see more of as a local business can quote unquote hire a Notre Dame athlete to come into their place of business. Hey, come on down. Meet this guy or this gal. And oh, by the way, look at our great products. Probably something we're going to see more of. But according to you, Michael Mayer is the choice if you want to spend a little money on NIL. We thank you for voting. And now it's time for today's Sports Beat Twitter question of the day posted earlier this afternoon on my Twitter account at 960 Sports Beat. Pretty simple question, and I'm really curious to see how this plays out. It's anybody's guess at this point for this. Who will gain the most rushing yards for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame in 2022? Most rushing yards on the team. Do you go with quarterback Tyler Buckner? Or one of the three running backs that are up to vote on? Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs, or Audric Estime? Diggs still in the red jersey today at practice. Limited contact. He feels like he's ready to go and just waiting to get the nod from the trainers. So who will be Notre Dame's leading rusher this year? Buckner, Tyree, Diggs, Estime? You can vote right now on Twitter at 960SportsBeat. We'll pass along the results of the vote tomorrow and have a brand new question ready to go. 537 at WSBT. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. It is 542 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. One hour from right now, our coverage of South Bend Cubs baseball gets underway. The Cubbies hosting Beloit tonight. First place on the line in the Midwest League's Western Division. So again, pregame and an hour first pitch at 7.05 at Four Winds Field in downtown South Bend, Indiana. This afternoon in Major League Baseball, the Twins shut out the Royals 4 to nothing. so now the AL Central race is truly nuts. The Cleveland Guardians lead the way, but now their advantage, a half a game over the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox are a game back. The White Sox continue their home series against the Houston Astros tonight. The Sox have won seven straight games at guaranteed rate field and a chance to beat the Astros once again tonight with Michael Kopech on the mound. And if the White Sox can pull off a victory, and if Cleveland would lose to Detroit tonight, we would have a three-way tie for first place in the AL Central entering play on Thursday, August the 18th. So I'm kind of pulling for a Sox win and a Guardian loss just to see three teams tied at the top in the AL Central with about a month and a half left in the season. Just when you kind of count out the old White Sox, they have 
hung around somehow, some way, and now still in position to steal the AL Central title and get to the postseason once again. So again, Twins win 4-0 over the Royals. Cleveland and Detroit play tonight. The Sox and the Astros also playing at guaranteed rate field. We shift back to Notre Dame football conversation. Today's Irish player spotlight is on Notre Dame edge rusher Isaiah Foskey. 2021, Foskey took his play to another level. 52 tackles for Foskey. 38 of the tackles were solo. He lit up opposing quarterbacks, 11 sacks for Foskey. He forced six fumbles last year, recovering two fumbles, and also had a pass defense. This is a young man that could be in an NFL training camp right now. Could have been a second, third, fourth-round pick. Decided to come back to the Fighting Irish to help this team win a national championship and also improve different aspects of his game. I think the addition of more pass-rushing moves will make Foskey more valuable to NFL teams and help this Irish defense. And also, I think there is a part of his game that needs to take continued steps forward, and that is defending the run. Marcus Freeman, head coach of the Fighting Irish, he had an opportunity to answer a question about Isaiah Foskey this week. What's kind of that next step? For Foskey. He can improve in so many different areas. And I'm talking about a guy that's really, really good, right? And he's continued to perfect his pass rush. How do you play against the run? You know, how do you continue to be recognized offensive sets and formations? And all those different areas can help him enhance, you know, and, and he wants to. He, he's a hungry guy. He came back for a reason. And um, him and Coach Washington, I know they meet often and look at different ways to help him improve as an individual for sure. Marcus Freeman on Isaiah Foskey. And Foskey met the media this week, so a chance to hear from the Irish edge rusher, including Isaiah himself talking about trying to improve his ability in stopping the run. Here's fighting Irish edge rusher Isaiah Foskey. That's been going well. Coach Watch came up a good scheme for myself to a good like techniques I can keep working on to improve with it and as I've been doing all fall camp and, and spring ball too. So I feel like it's been going along really well. So I'll be able to stop the run a lot more better this year. And then Jacob Lacey, um, Coach Washington mentioned he's had a good camp. What have you kind of seen from him? Uh, he's had a great camp. Yeah, and goal line today he's making plays, getting a lot of TFLs. He's been the guy that people have to pay a lot more attention to him and Jason and Howard Cross and all the interior guys. Uh, since we're talking summer travel, I also noticed that you were in Omaha to root on John Michael's brother. I went to Tennessee, not Omaha. Oh, JD, JD went to Omaha. Yeah. Uh, how was that seeing that team succeed being able to kind of root on the Notre Dame excellence in a different way? No, it was great because they're like, I think, like, compared to them, they're like, they're, or compared to like social media and everything, they're pretty much like the underdogs. And Tennessee's like number one team and hitting a whole bunch of home runs. And I already feel like a home run for like a baseball team is just real demoralizing. Seeing a home run go over the fence and everything, but I feel like seeing Nelson see being Tennessee is just a great thing to see for the whole program, see for Notre Dame. It's just great to see. And cheering on John Michael too, he had a good game, so it was great. And uh, last season, not only you, but just the defensive line overall being such a strong unit for the team. In order for you guys to be better this season, what does that look like to you? I feel like it looks like 
us stopping the run and getting through the quarterback. And Coach Wash has been doing a great job with all the drills that we've been doing and doing half flying inside run and one-on-ones. He's really there critiquing us every, after every single rep and getting us better. We come out the next practice and just improve on it. So that's just us improving as the whole defensive line is. I already know the offensive line is doing the same thing, but they come back with the same energy. We just have to match it. Uh, a lot of veteran voices in your position group as well. How does that help you guys? No, it helps a lot. This is leaders in the D, the defensive end, D, uh, D tackles, those vipers. There's like a one leader, maybe two, with me and Justin, that are just leading the other, basically the other generation, being a lot younger than us now. <laughs> but uh, just leading them and making us a whole better defensive line. It just helps a lot. And Coach Walsh is the, basically the head captain, head lead guy. <laughs> so it just, helps, it just helps a lot. And with you guys coming back, uh, just from one last ride, how special is it to how important is it for you to finish off on the high next No, it's very important. Coach uh, Freeman emphasizes in it all right for the seniors, and that's what we all came here. All the seniors came back for us and went out the championship, and that's your goal. Isaiah, obviously a lot of accomplishments last year. You're starting to hit the dog days of summer. I mean, how, how are you finding ways to, to challenge yourself at, at this point in camp? I feel like with me not getting like a whole bunch of reps, like not getting like eight plays in a row, just like a little like three or four plays in a row. Just me running to the ball, conditioning myself. I know come the first game, I'm not going to be in there for four plays and then leave. I'm going to be in there for a lot longer. So that's me just conditioning myself, make my, making practice a game, every breath like a game for me. So it's just something that my mentality is going into practice every day. Has the offensive line challenged you at all? Oh, yeah, they have a lot, uh, especially with the run block, and that's just great for me. And for me, trying to improve my run blocking or my run to block destruction, it just they're fire out a lot better, get their hands inside. And like I was saying up there, it's just a battle of just whoever get their hands inside, whoever get their hands in the chest first and grab off for me, snag off for them to stay on onto me. So it's just great, it's just helping me become a better defensive end, and it's helping them become a better O line. Looking forward to seeing Isaiah Foskey take the field for the Fighting Irish at Ohio State. Let's see if he can. Caused some problems for quarterback C.J. Stroud. One thing about Ohio State last year, their offense put up some big-time numbers. You can't dispute it. But at times, their offensive line was inconsistent. Now, they have at least one player that's considered a top 10, top 20 pick in the draft playing along their offensive line at tackle. But otherwise, Ohio State was a little hit and miss. Even with that being said, C.J. Stroud and that wide receiving core put up some big numbers. Henderson, their running back, is so dynamic. They can overcome, I guess, some inefficiencies with their offensive line, but they have a bad day. That's a good sign for the Irish because probably Isaiah Foskey is causing a lot of trouble now. We also know that Ohio State's going to try to take care of Foskey, make sure that he does not beat them single-handedly on defense. So he'll get a lot of attention, but that opens up opportunities for Riley Mills, Adebiola, Lacey on down the line to take advantage of some one-on-ones. Isaiah Foskey in our Irish Players Spotlight today. 551 at WSBT. My five question of the day, just kind of five random thoughts going through my head about this Notre Dame football team. I'll reveal the five answers next on WSBT. One question, five answers. 
This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett with today's My Five Question of the Day on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on WSBT Radio. Simply put, it's just five random thoughts going through my head about the upcoming Notre Dame football season. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. I've been kicking this around for a long time, and maybe it's pointless. But I'm just still curious to see the Irish offense without Brian Kelly's influence. Tommy Reese grew up as a quarterback in Brian Kelly's system, running it here in South Bend. Ran Brian Kelly's offense as a position coach, as an offensive coordinator. He knows Brian Kelly's offense probably better than Brian Kelly does. But now Brian Kelly is miles away, down in Baton Rouge. And Tommy's here in South Bend to run this Irish offense and take it to another level. Is it going to be different? Is Tommy's play calling tendencies going to be different? I guess there's always a thought in my mind. If you get into a tough spot as a young coach, you've always got that veteran head coach to come in and calm the waters, suggest something. But your head coach is now a defensive specialist. You do have some people on the staff with offensive experience as a coordinator, so it's not like he doesn't have anybody to rely on if he needs to rely on anybody. I'm just kind of curious who Tommy Reese is without Brian Kelly looming over his shoulder. Another random thought about this upcoming football season, I want to learn a little bit more about Marcus Freeman, the head coach and decision maker. I know Marcus Freeman, the actor. I know Marcus Freeman, the recruiter, handles the media beautifully. But I need to learn a little bit more about Coach Freeman, the decision maker. The Irish did not win the coin flip in the Fiesta Bowl. I was curious to see would the defensive-minded coach put his defense on the field first. Oklahoma State won the coin toss. So... I'm curious how he's going to handle that. What about fourth down situations on offense? Is he going to use his gut to make a decision? Is he going to be 100% an analytically driven head coach? Without that offensive background, maybe he relies a little bit more on the analytics. Probably the answer is a combination of the two. But I'm really wondering, as a guy that has built his career on defense, is he going to make a decision that is aggressive on offense that could put his defense in harm's way? Or is he going to be more conservative? Midfield, fourth down and three, does he punt the football to protect his defense? We'll find out a little bit more when the Irish play at Ohio State. So I'm really curious how analytically driven Coach Freeman is. Uh, Another random thought, who are the first three receivers on the field in Columbus for the Irish? My guess is Styles, Thomas, Lindsey. That's my gut. It could change. Colsey's missing time right now. Wilkins is working his way back from injury. Avery Davis is out. So my gut says Styles, Thomas, 
and Lindsay, but I'm curious to find out the real answer. Number two. Who will get the most rushing attempts in the season opener against Ohio State? Buckner's going to run it. We know what Chris Tyree can do. Is Logan Diggs going to be available? That's a question mark. I'm kind of on the Audric Estime bandwagon. My feeling right now is that Estime is going to be the guy that has the most rushing attempts in the game against Ohio State. Not sure what the odds would be on that. I'm probably the underdog. Tyree's probably the favorite. Buckner's second. I'm going out on a limb and saying it's going to be the big guy with nimble feet, Audric Estime. Number one. And my final random thought about the upcoming Irish football season, how effective will the Notre Dame kicking game be? It was shaky. And that's a compliment from what we saw in the spring and in the blue goal game. How is this all going to pan out? We haven't heard a whole lot about the kicking game in fall camp. That might be something that Marcus Freeman talks about tomorrow when he meets the media once again. But if you're going to be an elite football team, you better have a reliable field goal kicker. And we're not quite sure what we have in South Bend. That's the My 5 question of the day. We'll head to the 6 o'clock hour. Coming up next, Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated. Blueandgold.com talks fighting Irish football on WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of serving Michiana. This is 960 AM WSBT South Bend. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. 17 days away from the Irish and the Buckeyes from the Horseshoe in Columbus. My next guest will be enjoying that ball game live from the press box about six miles in the air based on just driving by the old horseshoe when Notre Dame hockey plays at Ohio State. I'm talking about Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Just on the outside looking into the stadium, Tyler, I have to imagine there is not a steeper upper deck in all of college football. I don't know how some of the fans that have had a few beverages before the game don't fall down those stairs and and crash. I'm assuming you have not been there? Never been there. Definitely looking forward to it, but perhaps looking forward to it a little less based on what you're telling me right now. That said, (laughs) I've been in some some pretty steep press boxes where binoculars are required, so it wouldn't be... Anything new, but you, you might be right. It might be the steepest, so I'll, I'll have to let you know. 2006 Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame, Ohio State at Sun Devil Stadium. It took me 10 minutes for my body to adjust. We were so high. I had a weird feeling like I was going to black out. We were so high in the air. I don't think you're that high, but it, it seems high. But you can tell me the full story when you get back from Columbus. Well, an interesting day at practice today. Xavier Watts is back at wide receiver. Not a big surprise. Some Irish offensive linemen. We're not at practice today. We don't know why yet. It sounds like Chancey Stuckey was making diving catches on gymnastic padding as well. So a lot of things happening. What do you think is the top thing you learned or saw during the practice time today? I think the Xavier Watts thing probably trumps all of the missing offensive linemen. 
Uh, Jared Patterson was one of those, though. So if there was a storyline that rivaled Xavier Watts switching back over from safety to wide receiver, it would be the absence of Jarrett Patterson. That'll be resolved one way or the other when we talk to Marcus Freeman at noon on Thursday. I'm seeing some reports, and we've gotten some own word at blueandgold.com that it might not be good news on the Jarrett Patterson front. Mm. So if that's the case, that'll be the top storyline for sure. If he's not able to play at Ohio State, that's a really big development. We've known about this wide receiver issue for some time. Obviously, it got a little bit intensified with Avery Davis going down with an ACL, season-ending ACL injury over the weekend. But, uh, you know, he goes out, another guy goes in. If Jarrett Patterson goes out, then, you know, that changes the whole dynamic of that Notre Dame offensive line. We've been talking all August and really in July. I think we reported at blueandgold.com in July that Jarrett Patterson was moving from center to guard for the first time in his football playing career. He's playing guard, and he's been pretty good in the first 10 Notre Dame practices that we've seen. If he goes out, you know, Andrew Mm. Kristoffic took his first team reps today. He's a viable option. He started the second half of the season last year, but you're losing one of your top three, maybe top two, maybe your best offensive lineman and Jarrett Patterson if he goes out. So that wouldn't be good. Again, we don't know that that's the case. Marcus Freeman will probably devolve the information one way or the other tomorrow. But if it is the case, then that's absolutely the top storyline today is that Jarrett Patterson didn't practice. Mm. Well, if that is reality and if you lose Patterson for a short amount of time, an extended amount of time, Tyler, you've lost two of your more dependable players on the offensive side of the football in Patterson and Avery Davis, and also, I think, two of the more respected players on this football team. You don't have a a cupcake in the first game to kind of figure things out slowly. I mean, you've got a major contest right off the bat. This would be a major blow to me for this football team if you don't have Jared Patterson again. We don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. But you talk about two veteran guys on a side of the football where there's a lot of youth. That just makes me awfully nervous. Marcus Freeman was asked about team captains and a timeline for naming those in his last press conference this past Saturday. And he only named two guys, Avery Davis and Jarrett Patterson. He said those guys are shoe-ins. And like you said, now all of a sudden you're staring – not having either one of those guys on the field in the face against an Ohio State team that's ranked number two in the country in both preseason polls. Now, this is a consensus top five game that Notre Dame is walking into in the very first week of the season. You want your best players on the field. It's looking like two of them might not be on the field. And like you said, on the side of the ball, that if there are questions about this Notre Dame team, it's about the offense. Can a first-year quarterback in Tyler Buckner – first-year starting quarterback in Tyler Buckner, you know, lead these guys to victories over opponents like that? Can he, can he keep them in games against opponents like that? Jared Patterson would go a long way in that and protecting his blind side, you know, the, the left side when, when he's dropping back and he's looking to his right. He can't see behind him. He can't see what's coming from the left. Jared Patterson is a yeah. you know, big-time factor in protecting that. And obviously Joe Walt is as well. And you pray as for your Notre Dame fan that he maintains his health because – that left side of the line, we've been talking about it all fall, fall camp, that it's it's so sound and, you know, maybe Josh Lug moving to guard was a little bit more of an experience than moving Jarrett Patterson to guard, 
because those two guys, Joe Alt, Jarrett Patterson, they seem to have a really good chemistry. Jarrett Patterson works really well with starting center Zeke Elliott. All of a sudden you're throwing that for a loop if he can't play. And then with Avery Davis, obviously he, he was getting starting reps. This is a guy that might have trotted out there on the field with Tyler Buckner in his first series as a starting quarterback. Now you don't have that guy out there. Mm. You're relying on potentially a couple sophomores, Lorenzo Styles, Jaden Thomas. Maybe you throw fifth-year senior Braden Lindsay out there. Braden Lindsay's respected. I don't know if he's respected on the level of Avery Davis, and that's coming from Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, some of the teammates. There's really nobody that these guys respect more than Avery Davis. He's not going to play a single snap in 2022. Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. For blueandgold.com subscribers, you might want to hit the refresh button. You know, quite often the next couple of days for the latest news from all the guys and gals at Blue and Gold Illustrated, including Tyler. And if you're not a subscriber, I mean, the updates on Patterson's were the buck all by itself, let alone having a full year of access at blueandgold.com. Well, Tyler Buckner is now the starting quarterback. Anything stand out at practice today watching Buckner lead this offense? I think he looks a little more comfortable every time you see him. And it doesn't even have to be in huddles or during drills. It can be between drills. I think there's a little bit of a sigh of relief. you got to remember, this is a 19-year-old kid who had the question swirling over his head, am I going to be the starter, am I not going to be the starter? Until that was made official on Saturday by Notre Dame and then by Marcus Freeman in his press conference, you had to, I don't know if doubt is the word, but maybe a little bit of curiosity and wondering, and you wanted finality. And Tyler Buckner today looked like someone who had some finality, looked like he was a little more relaxed. You know, every pass isn't going to be scrutinized now. You know, there was a time in, in this quarterback competition where you threw an interception, you were wondering if that was going to be the death knell, and all of a sudden the other guy was going to be named the starting quarterback. Tyler Buckner doesn't have that now. I think that goes a long way. And I think it goes a long way just for him to run out there. And there's some 80 to 100 other guys out there with him who know that that's their quarterback. That's the guy that's going to lead them into the horseshoe against Ohio State. So it's really just a a comfort thing, a confidence thing. I think Buckner picked that up over the weekend. Uh, He's pretty stoic and doesn't show a lot of emotion. So I don't think he's going to be a rambunctious, rowdy guy and let loose now that he's the starting quarterback. But anyone who, who would have had what happened on Saturday, you know, throw him up in a press conference and, you know, he's answering questions and people are kind of praising him, patting him on the back. I think that comes with a sigh of relief. He's a guy that kind of exhibited that today. And going forward, I think it's going to be all business. He's always been all business. If you've read some of the stuff that we've written about him at blueandgold.com, you wouldn't question his character whatsoever. Hmm. I think that was just solidified over the weekend. Tyler, how different does the Irish wide receiving core look now with Avery Davis on the sideline? Well, that was answered in part today by bringing Xavier Watts over from the defense. Uh, How different is it now? You've got a completely new guy in that rotation. And I know this Xavier Watts is a guy who pretty much played wide receiver all last season. It wasn't until – toward the end of the season, they kind of moved him to safety. And even when they moved him to safety, he wasn't playing much, uh, you know, in terms of getting on the field. So he's always been a wide receiver at heart. I think he's back kind of where he belongs. It's a shame that it took an injury to a guy like Avery Davis for it to happen. But today he looked crisp. He looked good running his routes, good hands. Uh, He's a really good athlete. And I think that 
uh, was shown by the confidence in moving him over to safety. Obviously, he's um, dependable on both sides of the ball. But what it does is, like I said earlier, uh, you know, maybe Lorenzo Styles can't play as much on the outside as mm-hmm. these Notre Dame coaches were wanting him to. Uh, he was li- Lorenzo Styles was lining up at X and Z a little more than he was in the slot. Now you've got to keep him in the slot because you yeah. don't have that. You're not afforded the ability to split him out because he becomes your best slot re- wide receiver. And maybe he was always your best slot receiver, but yeah. you had the luxury of having a guy like Davis play in the middle. So it, it's definitely going to be interesting. It makes things interesting. He's one of the last guys that you want to lose from a leadership standpoint. And just from the fact that this Notre Dame wide receiver room was already super thin, it got thinner in the worst way. And guys like Jaden Thomas are going to have to step up. Braden Lindsay's probably going to have to have the best season he's ever had in a Notre Dame uniform. And if that was last year, well, he's, he's tasked with improving. He says he feels as good as he ever has, as fast as he ever has. That has to manifest in – I know these guys aren't all about numbers, but numbers help you win football games. So if Braden Lindsay is – you know, getting up toward 100 yards a game and, and scoring a couple times instead of the, I think it was only three or four touchdowns last year. That goes a long way. It, it, these guys are just going to have to step up. That's the bottom line. They've only got seven of them right now. Jaden Thomas was on the bikes today. Deion Colsey was on the bikes today. Mm-hmm. So with Xavier Watts, you had six scholarship wide receivers working out with Chancey Stuckey. Passes on those uh, on those gymnastics pads, which, you know what? <laughs> The whole football field needs to be gymnastics pads for these <laughs> wide receivers right now because, yeah. you know, they just can't afford any more injuries. Mm. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of styles in the slot. I just wish it wasn't under these circumstances. So, Tyler, two guys I'm really high on are Barong and Stays, a couple of young tight ends on this football team. Of course, we all know the alpha is Michael Mayer. I'm wondering who are you keeping an eye on among that young tight end group? Really like those two names. I really liked Mitchell Evans before he got hurt, mm-hmm. but obviously we might not see him until October in a best-case scenario at this point. So that's a really deep room, and I think that they're going to have to be utilized at this point. Another guy that I would throw into that mix is definitely Eli Raritan. Uh, this is a guy who tore his ACL in late December. I'm not sure how he's doing this uh, to be 18 years old again, I guess, or however old he is. It just be able to recover like that because he looks like uh, he never he's never been injured to that extent in his life so it's very impressive what he's doing out there he looks like a wide receiver in a tight end's body and you have a lot of those with Notre Dame Michael Mayer catches everything that's within you know it seems like a four foot five foot radius of him which is very impressive and all these guys that have come in they kind of do the same thing so I think Barong is definitely going to get his looks uh Stays is another one of those guys. Stays and Raritan, you know, if, if I closed my eyes and I looked up and I saw one of them running down the field with the ball, I wouldn't be surprised at all because mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen it over and over again in fall camp. So those are two really good guys. And we can't – I know he's not one of the younger guys, but we can't lose sight of Kevin Bauman, who I think has been really impressive and might start the season as the number two tight end behind Michael Mayer. But if you're looking for playmakers, pass catchers in that – in the Notre Dame tight end room, and you're specifically looking for younger guys, Holden stays in Eli Raritan. Notre Dame did a terrific job landing both of those guys in the same recruiting class because I think they're going to rack up all kinds of numbers by the time their Notre Dame careers are over. 
Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Horka is my guest. We all know Brandon Joseph's going to be in the starting lineup for the Fighting Irish at a safety spot. There is still, in Marcus Freeman's words, a competition going on for the other safety spot. Brown, Griffith, and Henderson. To me, it would be a shock if it's not D.J. Brown. How do you assess that competition to play alongside Joseph? I see it the same way. And if you would have asked me this in January or maybe December, November of last year, I would have said it's got to be Ramon Henderson next year just because the hype train was Mm -hmm. crazy about him. He's athletic. But I think he's kind of coming back down to earth in a sense that, you know, it takes a lot to get to a point where you are counted on to be a starter at that position, the last line of defense, game in and game out. And Henderson is realizing that he's going through some growing pains. DJ Brown is a guy who, you know, this is it. This is his fifth year. He came back for a reason. And I think it's going to pay off in a, a starting job alongside Brandon Joseph on the back end of that Notre Dame defense. He's been physical in the practices that we've been able to see. He's been fast. He's been really good in coverage. He's not letting guys get loose. We've seen the DJ Brown that gets toasted a little bit. And, you know, that's when, Houston Griffith would come in, or maybe they would call on Ramon Henderson at that time last year. I think we're seeing a more confident DJ Brown than we've ever seen. It's, you know, transpiring and really good athleticism, which he's always had. He's just had to apply it in the right ways. I think he's been really good. And if if you're looking at two starting safeties for Notre Dame against probably the best passing offense in the country, it's going to be Brandon Joseph and it's going to be DJ Brown. Finally, Give Irish fans some good news. Let's end with something positive. Give me something good about what's happening in the place-kicking competition because things were not exactly smooth in the spring. We haven't seen a whole lot of the kickers, and I'm hoping we have a full practice on Friday, and I'm going to do my best to, you know, if Ashton Pollard, if Patrick Angle are watching offense and defense, I'm going to have to scout out these kickers because I'm dying <laughs> to know as much as anybody. And, and I hope that's not a bad thing for Notre Dame's sake, that they've been kind of hiding them from us. And I hope they're getting their, their work in when media shuffled off the field after 30 or 45 minutes. But you've got to think that Blake Groupie is going to settle down at some point. I mean, this is a guy that kicked for – I think it was five or six years at Arkansas State. He's scored more points in that program's history than anybody else that's ever come through it. I know Arkansas State's not a powerhouse, but that's a lot of football players that come through, a lot of guys who score touchdowns. Blake Groupie's never scored a touchdown in his life. He's kicked enough field goals to be that guy. So you've got a graduate senior. Maybe he was just a little nervous kicking in front of people for the first time ever at Notre Dame Stadium in the Blue Goal game, and that's why he missed one of two attempts. Josh Bryan missed, you know, both attempts. So it'd be a miraculous turnaround if somehow he was the guy that beat out Blake Groupie for the place-kicking competition. But, you know, at some point, that's his only job when you're talking about about Blake Groupie. You've got to go out there and you've got to make kicks. Now, do you want him attempting a 48-yarder to maybe tie or beat Ohio State in the waning seconds of that game? I don't know. I, I, I think you'd rather have Tyler Buckner in the ball in his hands and you either win or lose with that guy. But... I just think that Blake Groupie is too much of a veteran to completely let this opportunity to kick with a gold helmet on your head pass him by and not make the most of it. So it, there's your good news. I, I think you could put a little bit of trust in Blake Groupie just being that, you know, he's done this before. Maybe not at Notre Dame, but he's done this before. 
Speaking of groupies, everybody should be a blueandgold.com groupie because it's cool to be a blueandgold.com groupie. And you know what? It only costs you a buck to be a part of the group. Right. And I, every time I come on here, I tout, you know, all the coverage that we have. But I, I think I'll just bring up a message board thread that we've had in the last week. And okay. somebody said it's the best community of Notre Dame fans that exists on the Internet. So if you want to be a part of a community of thousands of people who root for the same college football team as you do, and in some instances the same college baseball, hockey, women's basketball, men's basketball teams as you, it's only $1 to get on there and have limitless conversation. There's so many things that we're talking about on that message board day in and day out. It can get a little hectic at times, but that's what a message board is. At the end of the day, I think I agree with that thread. It's a great community of Notre Dame fans. And for only $1, I don't know why you wouldn't be a part of it if you bleed blue and gold like the rest of those people on there. Man, make it in a commercial. That's perfect. That's all the details. That's everything you need to know. Just join blueandgold.com, and you will be covered with everything happening with Fighting Irish Athletics, and you will read a lot of articles from Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at blueandgold.com. Great work as always, Tyler. Thank you so much. And when we talk to you next week, we'll be down to 10 days. We're getting close. 10 days. I love the sound of that. Talk to you next week, Darren. All right. Thank you. Tyler Horka, beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out all the work they do at blueandgold.com. All right. We'll have to see about Jared Patterson, obviously, at the start of our conversation. Tyler mentioning that there might be some concern about the All-American candidate along the Irish offensive line. We'll see possibly tomorrow. What the status of Patterson is, Marcus Freeman is scheduled to meet the media, so we're probably going to have to hold our breath for the next 17 hours and 30 minutes until noon tomorrow when Marcus is scheduled to meet the media. That is a massive black cloud over this football team right now. You talk about a competitor, high-end football player, leader, everything. Jared Patterson brings to the table that would be an enormous loss. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Let's hope it was just a bug, maybe some food poisoning, whatever the case may be. Let's hope it's something like that, but we'll probably find out tomorrow. And again, for updates, check out blueandgold.com and hang out with us here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat every weeknight from 5 to 7 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Precision Innovation. Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Six thirty-four at Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to the program. South Bend Cubs baseball is coming up in about eleven minutes. South Bend and Beloit from Four Winds Field in downtown South Bend, Indiana. Show me the money. We go with sizzling. <laughs> 
Let's get to our sports wagering segment. My suggestions went two and two last night. Let's try to do better tonight. We'll start with Cardinals and Rockies in St. Louis. I like St. Louis to run away with this ball game from Colorado. St. Louis has won 11 of 12 at home. Over the last couple of weeks, I like the Cardinals to go away easily over the Rockies tonight. Minus one and a half runs at plus 105. I've got a two-team parlay to work with for suggestion number two. Cardinals on the money line over the Rockies, along with the Dodgers on the money line at the Brewers. That two-team parlay at plus 135. Suggestion number three, Astros and White Sox from Guaranteed Rate Field. Sox have won seven in a row at home. I've went with the Astros the last two nights and lost. Why not be perfect? I'll take the Astros on the money line behind Framber Valdez at minus 145 on the money line. And fourth and final suggestion, the Mets after a loss are 31 and 10. They've got Max Scherzer on the mound tonight in Atlanta against Jake Odorizzi. Advantage Mets. I'll go Mets on the money line at minus 150. And the underdog pick tonight, I really like this pick. At plus 125, let's go Pirates on the money line against the Red Sox. Ronzi Contreras is the guy Pittsburgh got from the Yankees in a trade. This right-hander's got an electric arm. He's been really good as of late. He's facing Rich Hill. I, I love the Buccos tonight over the Red Sox on the money line at plus 125. That is our sports wagering segment for tonight, 637 at WSBT.